How many are glad you're breathing? He's telling you the truth. If you didn't get one of these, you can get one today. They don't cost you anything. It's a glow-in-the-dark bracelet, and they do glow in the dark. They actually glow very well. You can use it at night as a night light and a flash. They don't glow that well, but they do glow. <laughs> but, uh, you know, some, I, I, literally, I woke up. I, not that you need to know which side I sleep on, but, I mean, you know, I woke up, and I was like, wow. And it was my, my thing glowing there because I was like, what, what is that light? <laughs> but anyway... Now that you know that tidbit of information about me, that's going to really make a difference, I'm sure. So good to have you with us today uh, on, on this uh, Palm Sunday. And again, uh, there, just a, a, a little bit of knowledge. We're not actually doing connection today due to the party for life groups. Um, uh, so we were going to do, um, you know, it's kind of hard to do both. We want people to experience the, you know, uh, the life group kickoff and and uh, so that cake is out there today. So that's what we're going to be doing today after service. And, you know, even if, you, you know, if you're like, no, there's no pushing, there's no force to do a life group, just get a piece of cake and check it out. You don't even have to come to a life group. That's just, it's something that we're using that God wants us to do to help us connect. So we, you know, we all do life. You're going to do life. If you're like, no, I'm not. Well, if you're breathing, I just ask. And you said, yes, you were breathing. So you're doing life. Now, let's, let's do this life and do it on purpose. Let's figure it out how, we've, uh, how we can make the most and the best out of what we do. I'm so excited about this Glow in the Dark series. I know we're finding out that people have been watching us for quite a while online, so we want to say hi to our online guests. So God bless you. Good to have you with us today. It's just an amazing thing when we talk about Glow in the Dark. We're, we're going into things that we really don't hear a whole lot at church. And if we did hear them, sometimes we didn't like the way they were presented, so we kind of kind of turned us off on some of those things. We're going to talk about fruit of the Spirit. That's where we're starting that. We started foundation last week. We told you and, and, and laid the groundwork that the Holy Spirit is God. We talked about the three in one. He is God, and He is what is inside us and leads us. So we laid that, that foundation, that groundwork last week. Today, we're going to go into the fruit of the Spirit, and then... Once we get through the fruit in the next few weeks, we're going to go into the gifts of the Spirit. And we're going to just kind of, so to speak, I'm going to make some of these things claret and clear. Because sometimes it's just a little foggy on stuff. I'm, like, oh, I'm not real sure. You know, and I'll do it the best of my ability to make it as clear as that I can do. But again, anything that I say, anything that I do, please line it. It has to line up with the word. You know, I mean, I don't care who the preacher is, whatever he's telling you, if it doesn't line up with this, you need to find some place that they're going to tell you that lines up with this. Because that's what you need. And so you're welcome to, obviously, the scripture I give you is all out of the book, the Bible. And so we're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit. This week we're going to talk about love. And uh, so last week I gave you the difference between gifts of the Spirit and fruit of the Spirit. And I wanted to just cap that real quick. But before we do it, because this is such an exciting topic, and I want to pray and just believe God that we'll get everything he has for us today. Can we do that? Because if we do that and we figure this out, isn't it great if you figure something out and then you kind of like, okay, I can do that. How many liked math in school? <laughs> I, I was never a math fan. Like my wife, she's good at math. Matter of fact, she kind of thrives on some stuff. You know, I don't care if MC squared or tripled. I don't care. I just knew MC Hammer. Can't touch this. You know, that's the only MC I knew. All I'm saying 
is that when I went to, I mean, they gave me a tutor. Because, I mean, I was, a, I was a good student. I was in the top third of my class. But, you know, one of the things that I struggled with was math. And I had a mindset and a mind block that I hated it. Are you, do you understand what I'm saying? Because I had already set myself up to hate it and not like it and block it. I'm no good at it. I don't like it. Blah, 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 blah. Guess what happened anytime math happened? I hated it. I didn't like it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to do math. When I got married, to, no, I, I did pass, went to college and all that stuff. But, I mean, I squeaked by math. Kim and I were in a store. We'd just been married, and I was telling her, she said, well, here, here's our budget. Here's what we're working with. And I'm like, I want to deal with that numbers. She said, what are you talking about? I said, I don't, when am I ever going to do numbers again? She just started laughing. She said, babe, look around you. You're in a grocery store. Everything has numbers. Guess you don't appreciate that, but for me, it was revelation. Anyway. My point was, then once I figured out math, once I finally let the wall come down, all of a sudden, if I knew how to do the problem, it wasn't a big deal. It kind of got a little bit fun and exciting, and I thought later in life, is that what she thinks? Maybe that's how she feels. Oh, that's cool. I know how to solve that. I hated. Who cares what X is? Don't, don't care. But if I could figure it out, then I'd be like, oh, that's cool. What I want in this series is for something that you were so, maybe for years have been like, because it is either mispresented to you, or you didn't have the facts, or you had a mind block because of that. Let's together peel some of that back so that you can walk out of here and go, you know what, I don't know everything, and I, I certainly don't, but I do know this, I got a God that loves me, and I can figure this out as long as he's leading me. So let's look at this. Can we do that? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank for your spirit. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is in us and guiding us. And for those that perhaps have not made that decision, today will be an opportunity that they'll say yes to you. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. So I want to talk about the gifts and the fruit. And I want to tell you the difference. A gift of the spirit is something that God puts on somebody's life. It doesn't need to be cultivated or developed. It automatically operates. It's a gift. The only thing that needs to be cultivated is how the person operates in that gift. Fruit of the Spirit has to be cultivated. Gifts are given, fruit is cultivated. If you don't know what cultivated, let me use this word, developed. Fruit is going to take time to develop. We talked last week, how many are saying, I've got all the patience I need, I need no more. Nobody really can probably raise their hand there. And how does God help de develop or cultivate fruit? Gives you opportunities for that fruit to be developed. Now, you don't look for them, but sometimes things just happen and you have to be, you almost have to be almost like Pollyanna. Pollyanna just looked at all the positives. My wife is wonderful. My mom is the queen of Pollyanna. She will, I, oh, Jesus. She will Pollyanna anything. Mom, this spinach tastes terrible. I was a kid. We had to, how many had to eat spinach when you were a kid? Well, it'll give you iron. It'll help your system. My system did not need any help. And she would put vinegar on that. I hated spinach like that. And when I married Kim, she made a spinach chicken dish and made me love spinach again. It's because of her. I love my mother, but spinach was not her gift. Okay. Well, anyway... 
things need to be developed. Opportunities need to happen where you're going to have to maybe put some things and give them another try and let God see what he'll do. The fruit of the Spirit is a result of a Spirit-led life. It's when we walk with Christ, when we are finding ourselves doing the things He's asking us to do. It is developed. We become a person of greater joy, greater peace. Things just happen, you know, because maybe you reacted one way one time, but then Jesus comes in. Old things are starting to pass away. The Bible says all things become new. So sometimes that's a process. Do you know sanctification is a process? In other words, once you get saved... You don't immediately like, boom, and everything is great, and you know everything. And you're totally perfect. It's a process. You know, if you cussed like a sailor before you gave your heart to the Lord, you'll probably cuss a little bit once you give your heart to the Lord. And you'll just be called on it. Because something inside is going to be like, probably shouldn't have said that. That's kind of how that works. And that doesn't mean that, it, will you go to hell? No, because you're saved. But it's a process. The salvation part is done, but the walking it out, that's the process. Are you with me? The journey starts today in the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to spend our time on the first one because it's so important. It is the foundation of our Father. It is who God is. It is so built on this. We're going to look at love. The world's trying to find it. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many places. Looking for traces of what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> but we've got something that's more than a song. We've got something that's even better than that. I mean, we talk about love, but I mean, do we actually walk it out? They tell of a story of a man by the name of John Scott who prayed a prayer every day. And part of that prayer was this. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and, and cause your, your fruit to ripen in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The people that were with John Scott said he was the most Christ-like person they'd ever met. God answers his prayer by doing just what he said, by ripening the fruit in his life. But that doesn't just happen. You have to help it. The Bible says, thy word is truth, John 17, 17. Notice it doesn't say, the word is fact. Truth goes beyond facts. The fact may be, you say, Brett, I'm broke. I don't have any money. That's the fact. The fact may be that the doctor said, you're not going to make it. That's the fact. But what does truth have to say about the fact? Now, I'm going somewhere, so you got to stay with me. I'm trying to establish something. Truth is absolute. It does not change. It doesn't yield. The facts are subject to truth. I'm going to say it one more time. The facts are subject to truth. There are people that got facts that said, you know what? You will never have any children. But the truth said, you will bear many children and you will have children. We got people that are sitting in this building today that were told they can't have babies, but she's pregnant. Why? Because the truth is present. Facts are subject to change. You might say, Brad, I'm sick as a dog. Oh. But the Bible says that you are healed by the stripes of Jesus. That's the truth. Now, when we find the truth, we have a choice. This is our part. 
How many knows God has done his part? So this is our part. We have to choose, do we believe the facts or do we believe the truth? I'm just telling you, because I don't care what you wear, who you are, what job you have. You, people are like, well, he's a pastor. Everything comes easy to me. Really? Guess who the enemy usually comes at first? I'm just saying, sometimes being a pastor is no fun. I remember my back going out, and I wished wherever it went, it would have came back. <laughs> but I had to do hospital visitation, and Kim was just like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to go to the hospital. She's like, baby, you can't even hardly walk, but I'm with you. Okay, I'll believe with you. So this is me. I mean, getting in and out of the car, I, I'm getting in and out of the car like Tim Conway. Going to the hospital, and that, all I'm doing is shuffle step. And I mean, I'm wincing with every step. I got people who I don't even know going, are you okay? I'm, I'm great. Going, going, going to go pray for people. I'm going to get there before Christmas. <laughs> you know, and I mean, every step was like, oh my gosh. But can I tell you, every step of I wincing in pain, I would say, by his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, because that is the truth. I don't care what this back feels like. I don't care the fact that this back is feeling this way. God, it has to answer to truth. And you know, in two days, I was walking like it never happened. Before, that would have been two weeks to maybe two months. It's crazy. Why? It's a choice. We can apply the truth to the fact, and the fact will change. Or you can agree with the fact... And the things will stay the way they are. That is your choice. It's much easier to agree with facts. Because facts scream loud, don't they? Word of God is quiet. But you know how you get the truth? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Romans 10, 17. When the truth starts coming out of your mouth. And you hear the truth coming out of your mouth. The facts line up with the truth you get your belief system on that god has given you his contract when you do your part that's believing his part is already done you speak opportunities will come what you do with them is up to you god's word is truth so let's get settled we needed to settle that his word is truth so if god says that he's given you fruit of the spirit guess what he's given you fruit of the spirit he has given you truth so our first fruit is love. So the more we're filled with his spirit, the more the fruit ripens within us, the more we become like Christ. It's, notice, it, it's worth looking at that Paul puts this fruit first, love. Why? Would he, I mean, he could have listed any of those. If we have the list, we just read it in Galatians. And if we didn't, we're going to read it here soon. But, you know, I said it with what the guy said in his prayer. All of those. But he puts love. Jesus said this. Love your neighbor as yourself. He also said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and your strength. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. The Bible says that God is what? He is love. Love is so important. That's why this fruit is listed first. We should be governed by not our flesh and by not the things of the world or our circumstances, but we should be governed by the Spirit. In other words, that's what we follow. When God speaks to us, when God is guiding us, we follow that Spirit of the Lord. 
We are led by the Spirit. We live by the Spirit. Why? Because we have the fruit of the Spirit. Because God said He gave it to us, and that is truth. Now, I know, and you know, there are people that are say they're born-again believers, but man, the things that they do or the things that they say, you would say, I'm not so sure. But I'm telling you, you cannot stand in front of God for them. They will give an account for that. You have to give an account for you. Galatians 5, and 23. Now we get to read it. The Holy Spirit produces. Who produces? The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. So first on the list is love. Faith expresses itself through love. The Holy Spirit produces these things in your life. So when you become born again, when you say yes to Christ, we already found out last week, you know, the three in one. So God sits on his throne in heaven and at his right hand, who sits at God's right hand? Jesus. And Jesus had to leave so his spirit, the Holy Spirit, could come and could be omnipresent, all of that. And that's when we actually get saved, God's spirit comes in us. So knowing that that's truth, and, and his spirit is saying, Here's these, this is the fruit I'm giving you. So the more we hang with God, the more we let God's spirit produce in our life, the greater these fruit will become. Faith expresses itself through love. Matthew 22, 37 and 40, Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. He's not just talking about loving God. Here he's talking about loving people and God. They intertwine each other. Not just the how do you do kind of love. It's nice to be polite. I get that. I'm not just talking about that. He's talking about loving, helping people. When people need help. That bridges past feelings. We are on our way uh, to a destination. That makes sense. <laughs> but it was raining, and we passed a car, and the car had a flat tire. And in the car was, it looked like a lady and a few small children. And Kim said, oh, I said, they got a flat tire. And she goes, honey, what are we going to do? So you know what we did? We stopped. I changed the tire in the rain. And the lady didn't know what to say. I mean, at first, I think she thought, he's a mugger. I remember knocking on the window and her looking, and I'm like, you know, can, do you have a, a jack? I want to, you know, I'll change your tire for you. And I think it gave her some peace to see Kim in the car behind, you know, and all that. But we changed it, and she's just like, what do I do? And I, I'm like, you don't owe me anything. I just, I'm just glad to help. You see, love is one of those things. And again, please don't think I'm trying to toot my own horn. I'm not. Always remember, <laughs> somebody's got to toot their own horn. That's not the whistle just makes noise. It's the engine that pulls the train. I'm not just I'm, I'm telling I can't tell you what you I'm just telling you I live that. So that's why I'm using that example. I, I'm not saying I'm great. All I'm saying is that's what any believer if they had the time or could do it. You should be able to do. Red did you get wet got soaked. But inside I felt pretty good. You see love is expressive. It is it is one of those things that you you actually put your hands to. 
It bridges past. Did I want to change a tire in the rain? No. Was I worried? What if I couldn't change it? What if I couldn't figure out? Sometimes those jacks are crazy. I don't want to try to help somebody and then go, lady, I can't help you. I can't figure out your jack. It's loving because it is deeper than circumstances. It is because my Lord lives in me and he loves. And that's why we love. It's past emotional. It's love in action. In John's gospel, he emphasizes love more than any other. Three times he records Jesus telling his disciples, love one another. In John 13, 34 and 35. In John uh, 15, 12. In John 15, 17. And then five times in the first book of John. He reminds us that this is God's command. Love is evidence. Everybody say that. Love is evidence. It's proof and evidence of how important this fruit is. We're going to look at four things today, and it's not going to take us long to go through them. We're going to look at evidence of life, evidence of faith, evidence for God, and evidence for Jesus. So are you ready? Give your neighbor a high five on this Palm Sunday. Here's our first one. Love for one another is our first thought. It is evidence of life. John declares God to be not just love but light. In 1 John 1, 5, God is light and in him there's no darkness. It is something to say when we're saying that love is light. John had declared he is the light. He's the light of the world. When we love Christ, instead of being doom and gloom, when I first was going to church, there were always people and, and we loved them. But their representation of being a Christian was not anything I liked. So how's life? Oh, just, oh, I just, oh, I do, oh, and I, oh. I mean, and you just are like, duh. It wasn't anything I, I wanted. I'm like, why do I want to do that? There's got to be light instead of just, it's just dark until he comes back. My friends, I'm telling you, I'm not saying the world's great, but I tell you, we live in a freedom in these great United States, but we need to get with the program here. God says you're more than enough, more than a conqueror, because you are the head, not the tail. If we'd start taking him at his word to be truth, we could change some things. 1 John 3, 10 and 11. So now we can tell who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God. This is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. John was trying to tell us something. He wanted us to know we had eternal life. And how would we know we had eternal life? We would start to love people. A man got up in the morning. He said, I am not going to church today. I am not. His wife said, you have to go. I'm not going. I don't like those people, and those people don't like me. And she said, but you're the pastor. We, that doesn't happen with Kim and I. Just saying, I look forward to coming here. But what I'm saying is, you know how we know, they will know we are Christians by our love. When Christ is in you, that is the foundation of God is love. If you're like, I'm a Christian, but I just don't love people, I don't know. I would challenge to say that you're a Christian. You can't be Christ-like if you don't love people, because for God so loved the world. Well, I don't agree with people. I don't agree with a lot of people there. They probably don't agree with me, but it doesn't, love isn't about agreeing with them. Did you know that? I don't like the way they live. 
I don't like their lifestyle. I don't like what they, you know what? I might not like it either, but I still love them. They're, they have to give an account for this book, and so do you. My job, see, this, isn't that what the church does? We try to clean our fish before we catch them. Well, you can't come to God until you get your life right. Can I tell you? You'll never get your life right unless you come to God. We got it backwards. So let's get this thing right. Let's just start loving how God wants us to love. There's the evidence of love that God produces in your life. 1 John 3, 14. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. You see, it matters. Christian love is that we have to show that we love. How do we prove? Because we just love. There are going to be people that you just... Let's say, how can we say it? You love, but you don't like. I mean, you love them, but you're not going on vacation with them. You got people that'll come next week at Easter. You're going to sit there and go, I love them, but I only got to see them three times a year. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) True that. Word to the Father. I mean, there's just all the, because we are people, and some people are just, you know, there's some people that they have a different sense of humor than you have, or there are some people that just get in your space. Do you, I don't like, I don't like my space invaded, do you? Whoo, to this day, I have memories of a guy that I love the guy, but he had the worst breath of the world. He could peel paint off of anything, and he would always want to talk to me. I would try to get out of Line of the breath and he would get right there and i'd move back and he'd move close and i move back he moved close i'm like dude don't kiss me but the breath was just oh but yet he was a true believer he just loved god i just want to say i love god too here's a breath man but i'll leave that to holy spirit and his wife What we see is we see people sometimes that, you know, when we get saved, we don't get everything right. We don't automatically, once you're saved, you're just like, shazam. Not to quote a new movie, but we're not all of a sudden just perfect. It's, 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 it's the process. Sanctification is the process. We walk that out. You know, we don't learn everything. I'm, you know, I, I might have, did I use this already? No, I use it maybe first service, but this is... Uh, just getting them all mixed up. Just love me anyway. <laughs> I mean, I led somebody to the Lord, and they, they, I mean, cussing was an art form. They were good at it, you know. And so they got saved. <laughs> and they, he was telling friends and stuff. This was a guy at Honda. I got blankety-blank saved. Maybe we should change. He goes, that that probably isn't right, is it? No, that's not not right. But what I'm saying is, you know, some things pass away. Because the spirit inside you all of a sudden goes, whoop. And let me just prove. You you give your heart to the Lord. The closer you get to Jesus, six months later, you'll watch something that you watched six months earlier. And not saying that it's it's wrong, but it just will strike you different. 
you'll be like, I used to think this was funny. I don't even like this anymore. You know why? Because old things pass away. All things become new. Because God's love has gotten inside you and things are changing. That's how the fruit ripens. I see so many with an entitlement spirit. Well, you need, you need to bless me. You need to do this. You need to do that. You didn't say this. You didn't say that. My, my, my. We are understanding love. Love is serving. I, I've loved seeing people when I've led them to Jesus or, or if somebody else has led them, it doesn't really matter as long as they find him. Their whole countenance changed from, from the sad and gloom and doom to hope, light at the end of the tunnel. Tears from sadness now become tears of joy. Burdens lifted. Do they have all the answers? They only have the answer they need, Jesus. They'll walk the rest out. Why? Because the Spirit of God now resides in them and starts to guide them. They start to glow in the dark. Faith in God through Jesus and our love for one another as Christians. These hang together. Our eternal life is received by faith, but it is demonstrated by love. How do you know if a tree is dead or alive? You look at the branches, you look at the leaves, you look for the fruit. Fruit says it's alive. I could do a whole message on the fig tree and that, but that's not what I'm going. But I'm just saying, you can look at something. Kim and I walked the tall grass trail. Anybody do that here in town? Great, great. I mean, it's great. You can go ride bikes or walk. They're real pretty. And we were looking, and I said, man, that tree is dead because it was just like dead. I mean, there's no leaves, no fruit, no nothing but dead branches. How do you know if a church or a believer is alive? You look for love. You look for love. It comes in all different forms, but where there's love, there's life. It might just be a simple, hi, let me get that for you. Hey, let me hold that door. Hey, can I carry that? Or, hey, I just wanted to, to tell you Jesus loves you. Or I just wanted to say hi. Isn't the weather great? Sometimes if you say that to strangers, they look at you like, what? Like you're up to something. Because people aren't used to that because now we live in a world, if you do anything wrong, I'll sue you. <laughs> Look for love. Here's our next thought. Love one another is the evidence of faith. Love is produced or proved by action. James says that about faith. Faith without works is dead. John states that we must believe in God's son, Jesus, and we must love one another. He emphatically tells us over and over. So if we won't love another, then we won't do the first either. Believe in Jesus. Man, that's, that's Brett, that's kind of hard. I'm telling you, if you can't love, then you're probably not following God. You can say you are all day long. I'm not buying it. Because God is love. We got people of all different, I mean... You know why people struggle is because I'm not going to church because it's full of hypocrites. Because they'll say one thing and they'll do another. That's like saying I'm not going to go to the gym because there's fat people there. <laughs> I mean, we need to just love people. We need to just love people. Everybody's in different places or different stages, but it's not my job. My job is just to love. My job is just to support and do what God tells me to do. That's my job. 
So the evidence of life, and it's the evidence of God in us when we love other people. It's, it's evidence of faith because we receive that in the first place. For God loved you. And what happens is we forget how bad and messed up we were. Man, if it wasn't for the grace of God, if it wasn't for his mercies that are new every morning, if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, I couldn't be up here saying anything because I'd be the first to go. The love of God. So it is the life of God in us. And it is proof that we received Christ by faith. James says that faith without works is dead. John would say faith without love is dead. If we don't obey him, then we really don't love him. The Bible says that God chastens or corrects those that he loves. Have you ever been corrected by God? He's a little different than like my parents. But sometimes, so to speak, getting it from the Holy Spirit. I mean, just like, oh, Lord, you ever just felt like I just got I need you to take care of this. And he says, "Okay, I'll do it because I've already paid for it. So then he just asks us to tell him. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that's how everything in the kingdom happens. So if we walk in love, I don't know about you, but I've been one that's blown it before. Have you ever said stuff you wish you could take back? People say something to you and you turn back and say something back to them with no intent other than, I hope this hurts you because you hurt me. And then you wish you could take it back. Sometimes we say things in anger and I understand. I mean, that doesn't make it right. But thank God for grace and for mercy. If we really don't love Christ and don't obey him, do we really have faith and believe? Our next thought, love one another, is the evidence for God. 1 John 4, 7 and 12. Dear friends, let's continue to love one another for love comes from God. Where does it come from? I'm just reading what the word says. It comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. John says three things. God is the source of all love. He's proven and shown us his love by sending his son. And we've seen, uh, God has seen when we love one another. In other words, people see God in you. That's how you, that's how you witness. That's how things happen. Our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, your family, your kids, your unsaved spouse. There's so many people and you're like, I don't like this. It's pressure. People are watching no matter what. You can go, oh, who cares? They're still watching. If you blow it, they're going to see it. If you blow it, let's just do it right. If we make a mistake, let's admit it and move on. They're not perfect either. They're taking mental notes. Your kids are watching. How do we handle, how do we handle stress? Now, I worked for over seven years at Honda, and I worked on an assembly line. If you've never worked on an assembly line, assembly line is pressure because it just moves it is not feeling it does not care how you feel it doesn't even care if you're having a bad day good day it does not care it's not human 
they have assembly lines in hell. <laughs> but anyway, it's just moving. And what, you know, everybody in my area, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody in my area knew what I believed, knew I was a Christian, knew that I, I was a follower. And so the assembly, but things on an assembly line can go wrong. Somebody in front of me or behind me, if they get behind, I can't do my job because my job goes on top of their job. And if they don't get their job done, I can't put mine on. So my only choice is then I must hurry and help them. And, and then air hoses get stretched out and things are going. You have to grab another gun or take your air hose off and hook it on another gun and work really hard to help them get caught up. You can do it a lot of ways, but you can do it with a real nasty attitude or you can do it with a good attitude. But it happens. And so, you know, I would put in myself, I'm going to do this the best way I can. Did I ever get mad? Oh, yeah. Did I ever blow it? I don't remember blowing it to that extent. I remember being frustrated, but I, I don't remember ever taking it out on anybody. But I had another guy that came into our section, and he was there to replace a guy on sick leave. And he professed to be a believer as well. And so we would talk, he worked across the car from me, so we would talk about the Lord and talk about stuff like that, but then things would happen. And so if he got behind, things got really bad quickly. And, and there were some colorful words I don't remember seeing that would, come, that would come out and how he would treat people and he yelled at people and all of that. And I, I didn't say anything. Now, again, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just giving you an example of what I... But when people were in crisis... The people that are saying, you know, that before would mock me openly and say, you know what? Huh, that whole God stuff. When it happened and something happened in their life, they didn't go to this guy. They came to me. They came to me and not because of I'm anybody, but because God in me and they saw love. Because I didn't belittle them. I, I didn't. I, what I'm trying to tell you. It is as evidence for God. Your witness has people watching. How do those around you know that you follow Jesus? I said it in the first service. I'm going to say it again. Scott Ebert sits in the back. Scott's our head usher back there. Wave at me, Scotty. For years now, I've called him Scotto Del Vecchio. There's really no rhyme or reason for that, just because I like to give people nicknames and be ornery. So, uh, but Scotty came over one time, and we were in our other building. We were doing a baptism, and somebody had said, okay, and we, we baptized people. If you're new today, I just want you to know I love you. We baptized you in a horse trough. I don't have a tank. That's the tank. But I, I order the water. We, we get it, and then I put a a heater in it and for two or three days it, it warms up so it's full and it's got warm water in it and it's it's fine and we usually baptize over in that area but um, we had gotten a, somebody had donated a trough and, and we appreciate what they've done it was wonderful but the, it leaked we didn't know it leaked till we filled it with water and it was it was leaking and we couldn't stop once the water you got 200 gallons in there and it's all going i'm going see ya bye and you're trying to go what do we do and i mean water's going out on the floor scott somehow i don't even know how he got over there but he worked for Hayes glass which was behind where we were meeting and you know that black gooey stuff you put on they put on their windows and they stick them to you well he he ran and got some of that his hands were covered with black goo and he was sticking stuff and you know, and, and actually he got it stopped to a small trickle or something. 
And, you know, we were just so appreciative of what he had done. And, and the next day, I, I went to the office. Now, Scott didn't, he didn't come here. I don't know where he went. Um, but anyway, he, I don't know if he's going anywhere. I don't know. But anyway, this is what I felt prompted the Lord. I felt to go over there with a, with a pot of coffee. And I'm like, I'll just take him. But I don't know how he likes his coffee. So I took a cup and a whole pot of coffee over there to where he worked. And uh, so I went over there to where he worked. And I see, now, understanding, I don't have all the answers. I'm just like, okay. So I walk over there and I said, hey, listen, I just want to thank you again for yesterday. And he had another worker there and, and all that. And I said, hey, I just thought, I don't know if you guys make coffee over here, but I just want to bring some coffee and just bless you guys. And thanks again for being so kind and and, uh, you know, that's a fruit. So I poured him a coffee. He's been with us now for, what, six, seven, whatever. Corny said it. But I, he said five years, and she goes, six and a half. <sighs> <laughs> and, and if you ask him what got him, the pot of coffee. Who would have thought? But the Holy Spirit knew that. And that fruit, that kindness The dividends that we've gotten from that have been in crazy amount. Scott is one of our leaders for our student ministry. He's amazing. He's our head usher. Uh, just, yeah, give Scotty a big round of applause. You see, it's love that loves us back. It's easy to love people that love you. What about people that don't love you? People, I got people that don't, they don't even know me, but they don't like me. I had people at work when I worked at Honda. I don't like you. Why? Because you're one of those. <laughs> That's in the word too. You know what? They didn't crucify Jesus because they loved him. Now, I'm certainly not Jesus, but I'm just saying, in this life, you're going to have tribulation. There's going to be persecution. I get it. It's impossible to make everybody happy. Even as a pastor, I'll make a decision and people will be like, I don't like that. It's not really to make you mad. It's just trying to do what's best. God, what do you want us to do? Do you miss it sometimes? Oh, sure. I'm human. Here's our last thought. Love one another is evidence for Jesus. It's evidence for Jesus. You see, when we love each other, it shows where our allegiance lies. It does. It's easy for me to love Kim. She loves me back. When I was a little kid, my sister, we lived across the street from a bully. And he was picking on somebody, and I decided I'd step in to help. So he decided he was going to take me to town. She got one look at that, and she'd come across the street. <laughs> she told him, you are not going to touch my brother, because if you do, I will punch you in the nose. And he said, uh, next thing I know, she punched him in the nose. <laughs> he kid ran in the house and never had any trouble with him again. He saw her coming. I think he just went in. Whoop, whoop, she's here. I'm out. <laughs> it's easy to love people that love you. But man, can you love the people at work? The person that gets in your space. The person with the bad breath. The person that always ridicules you. The people that don't like you because they have whatever reason. But God said you should love. It is evidence for Jesus. That doesn't mean 
You have to like everything or be in agreement with everything they choose or what they do or how they live. But it does mean you need to love them. They have to answer for that. You have to answer for you. When we love the way God loves, it's freeing. That fruit ripens. It's freeing. Because when you don't forgive, stuff gets on you. It's hard to break it off. The more that you let it get roots, the more bitterness and all that. And I'm not loving. They hurt me. I'm not saying they didn't, and I'm not saying whatever happened to you is right. But I am saying you got to love. They will deal with it. God, will, God loves them too. Sometimes we think it's, well, God, you better deal with so-and-so. I wish so-and-so was here to hear this message. What about us? How do we love? How do we love the way Jesus did? You know what's crazy? In this week, 2,000 years ago, he makes his way into a city on a colt. This is what's amazing to me. The Bible says that he tells his disciples, you'll find a colt who's never been ridden. Now, I've had horses. Have you ever got on a horse that's never been ridden? <laughs> you would have seen the first Jesus and the disciple rodeo. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> that people with the palm trees. Hey, yeah. That's <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> My whole point. I'm going to hear about that one. <laughs> Don't send me any hate mail. You online, I love you. <laughs> the whole point is because you can be one way. You can be so bound with bitterness and hate. But if you let Christ come in, what he brings with him, what his spirit brings is that fruit. And it will change the very nature of what it resides in. That's why the, the donkey or the mule didn't buck. There's no record of that thing even. It just allowed Jesus. You know why? Because he comes with a total package. He comes with everything you need. My God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory. You need patience, you'll get it. You need kindness, you have it. You need endurance, you got it. Self-control, with Christ I can do all things. All things are possible to him who believes. My friends, as we uncover these fruit, the basis is love. Bow your heads and close your eyes.